This week on Prepping 2.0. Our wise Patreons give us their predictions for 2024. Even non-preppers are sensing that something bonkers is going to happen. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on this show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. It's that time of year. That's when we head into a new year. Everyone is making predictions for 2024, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about when it comes to 2024. Stick around to hear our Patreon's fascinating predictions. You can agree with them, disagree with them, or just wonder about them. And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. So here's the thing that I was thinking of past episodes and things that we've done in the world of Prepping 2.0. I want to jump back as we're reflective right now and think about when Glenn came to me and said, let's start a podcast, Shelby. How hard can it be? We've joked I, about I it. I actually, that's a direct quote. That's I a direct actually quote. said that. He actually did say that. And the third book in my series was delayed because we did find out how hard it was. Yes. So if you are considering doing a podcast, which it's definitely something to think about. If we can do it, anyone can Exactly. Do it. And I did it without any help at all. So I want to say you don't have to go through that. I want to encourage all of our listeners, if that's something you would like to do, please check out podcastaccess.com. You will find over there Andy, our amazing producer, who takes our show, the raw audio of it, and turns it into something magical and wonderful. And he takes all that guesswork out for you. And I encourage you to think about doing that and continuing to spreading the message that you want to spread and, and have a good ally in it. And it's podcast axis, A-X-I-S, like the axis of evil, except Andy is not evil. That's the no, difference. No, not at all. Great place to start if you have any podcast questions. Top 100 items that disappear. This list from Bosnian survivors available on our website, which is prepping2-0.com under the appropriately titled heading top 100 list of things number 42 matches here's my thoughts on matches and you can imagine what they are matches are super cheap they're easy to store you should be layering this prep like you do everything else you should have traditional paper matches book matches which are a little bit fragile but they're they're, hard to find anymore too yeah they're incredibly cheap i mean i would get a thousand book matches 50 books of 20 for a buck Thanks, Biden. I'm sure it's $100 now, but whatever. (laughs) And they're admittedly a little bit fragile. And then wooden matches. Get the storm ones that have the bigger match powder stuff. Get lighters, both disposable and refillable, and get magnesium fire starters. What's the pattern here, Shelby? Layering. Layering. So in case one doesn't work because of whatever conditions are happening. Also, I would say all of these things store in an airtight container. I don't know. An ammo can is a great place. Ammo can is fantastic. And not only will matches be useful for you... But they are a fantastic barter item. You know, sometimes we talk about ammunition being a barter item, and it always comes with a caveat, be careful who you're arming. You may end up providing ammunition to people that will use it on you. That's not a problem with matches. I'll say this too. You can buy strike matches at the dollar store. Oh, yeah. Super cheap, awesome item. Yeah. It's been renamed now the Biden $5 store. Yes, it has. Well, here's what you missed from a recent after show if you're not a Patreon. Let's say a lady is into antique shopping, which most men are throwing up right now even thinking about. Because we call it shopping for garbage. It is okay for you to make a deal. Hey, come out shooting and I'll go antiquing. Merry Christmas to you and all you love by giving a Patreon subscription. Think about it. It's the ultimate gift to yourself or to someone else. You can go to prepping2-0.com and click on the Patreon button. Or you can do a search for Prepping 2.0 and Patreon on the interwebs. I think it's easier to go to our website. I'm going to be really honest. Exactly. And here's a cool thing about being a patron. Not only do you get the after show, which is worth it, but as a Patreon, you can ask us questions and provide your predictions like we'll be talking about today. You get to hear your thoughts on a professionally produced podcast for $2 a month. Well, let's get into it. Even non-preppers are sensing that something bonkers is going to happen in 2024. 
There's been a recent resurgence in prepping for this very reason. Our wise Patreons give us their predictions for 2024, and we will chime in with our thoughts. So let's start with our first prediction. And I feel like before we get started, you're going to see a running theme here. Glenn and I just had a little chat about it. Like there's a running theme here. And I feel like the first person was able to make the first comment Mm -hmm. because these are all going to have a very similar discussion about them. And we're going to put in our color commentary, which Mm -hmm. makes it very good. By the way, thank you, Patreons, for being basically the guest on our show when we do shows like this. Your commentary is awesome. So the first person is Dennis Hain. We've had this discussion too. Like, how do you pronounce that yeah. person's name? It's an when interesting spelling. When you mispronounce spelling. it, it's heinous. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. He says, I hope I'm wrong. The Democrats steal the election again and Americans will be mad about it and no one will do anything about it. Trump will be battling some of the blue states as they will attempt to keep him off the ballot. This will occur after the primary. Go, Glenn. What are your thoughts? I think this is possible. And we're talking at the national level. Yes. Here in Montana, I am not worried about Montana election officials doing anything bad. So let's just be clear. This is a national problem. It's obviously a blue state problem. So I do think the Democrats want to steal the election. I think the only way the Democrats can win nationally is by stealing it. So those are things I think we all agree on. The question is, how great of links will the Democrats go to to steal the election? I know what you're thinking. The Democrats will go to any length because they're Marxists and by any means necessary and all that other stuff. I get that. The question, though, is as it becomes increasingly brazen what they do, it then also becomes increasingly obvious what they're doing. And there's some threshold. I don't know what it is. And it's not my decision because it would be Democrats making this decision. They've got to decide where that threshold is. It's like. I mean, the video cameras are rolling. Do we just come up with suitcases and smile on the camera and mouth to the audience? We are cheating and cheat. I mean, how brazen are they? So that's the question, I think. And it depends on how awful the Democrat nominee, who we all assume is Biden, but may not be. We'll get into that in a moment. So what do you think, Shelby? Oh, I agree. And you're going to see this is a running theme through all of these commentaries. And the running theme is one. It's a key we say that at every election. This is going most to be most important a, election of most, our lifetime. Exactly. And it always is. And it is. And this one is one of them. Oh, it, it is it, the one. It is the one. So our republic depends on this election. I want to just reflect back for just a moment what happened in 2020 that we can all agree happened. In specifically purple states, your Arizonas, your Nevadas, your Wisconsins, your Michigans, those are the ones that some of the Georgia. Georgia. In those purple states. Because of COVID, there were lax election procedures allowed. Mm-hmm. And all of those procedures, and I wrote about this when I was writing for Victory Girls, talked about how this was done legislatively without... In due, some cases, done by state Supreme exactly. Courts, which With, isn't even legislative. Without due diligence, with due mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. These were programs. These were... Proceed, rammed through. Rammed through. And then they were used to cheat. Most of those states, and I don't have the exact data off the top of my head, most of those states have reeled those back. Yeah, to varying degrees. To varying degrees so that you don't have the mechanism in place anymore like you did post-COVID or in the middle of COVID to do. So that gives me one small thread of hope that the shenanigans we saw in 2020 will not be so rampant. However, we know this, the left will find other ways. That's what they do. They know, like what you just said, they know on a national level, the only way they can win is cheating. In blue states, tough. The cheating is in place and it's policy. How do I know this? I come from Oregon where mail-in ballots, where um, ballot harvesting, where... All this garbage all, was invented. It, it was invented and is in, in, perfected, entrenched in state law and in election law. But in red states, you need to fight for that purity of election. So I just wanted to give kind of a quick little historical kind of what that playing field is on the cheating in elections that we kind of saw as well as as we go forward, because the questions and the comments are going to have a lot to do with that. You just used the term playing field, and I'd like to use a football <laughs> analogy here. Go with me on this. About one in 20 punts are fake punts. So 19 out of 20 are actual punts. And there's this phenomenon, if you've watched football, where you see a fake punt and then the next punt, which you should know in your head is 19 out of 20 percent going to be a real punt, not a fake punt. You think to yourself, well, I just saw an alarming thing, a fake punt. So this next punt has got to be a fake punt. Mm -hmm. And it almost never is. 
That's what I think is going on a little bit with us watching the Democrats 100% clearly stealing 2020. We saw it and it was like, oh my goodness. And so we just assume it's going to happen a second time. And I'm not so sure that it will. Now, please, there will be localized cheating. You're never going to get fair election results out of Philadelphia or out of, you know, New York City or something. Yeah, exactly. Believe me, I'm not saying the Democrats aren't going to cheat or that they don't want to cheat and take away the whole thing. I'm just throwing in a little bit of perspective on the actual possibility, because when you're sitting there thinking about what's going to happen in 2024, is there going to be a huge election disputes? You need to have the best information and the most sound analytical approach possible because we shouldn't be, and I don't think very many of us are, emotional just to the point of not making calculating observations. I think that we have to be stone cold real and not just get caught up in, it's so easy to get caught up in, they're going to cheat and they're going to do this and I better go buy a bunch of MREs. And it's so easy to lose sight of what's real. Now, is it possible that they do massive cheating and there's massive civil unrest, which we'll talk about in a moment? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're not saying don't worry about it. We're saying keep a check on how you assess information. Remember, when we see stuff on a national level and we get that emotional response, by the way, when the cheating was clear and it was post-election 2020, was I emotional? Uh, oh, I was angry. I was crying. I was crying. Yeah. Because I'm like, we're so screwed. I mean, that was it. I mean, now I'm angry, but I was incredibly sad because our republic just went out the window. However, let's jump back. We watch what we watch on the news and we can't, there's absolutely nothing any one person can do about mm-hmm. it. So. Th- Where you have your control, and I've talked about this before, is locally. Make sure you are part of the election process locally. What you do locally affects your state, affects your county, affects national stuff. I can't go to, you know, the National Election Board and appeal for them to make this (laughs) all right, right make a sweeping change. However, I can go knock on the door of my local elected assessor or whoever, whatever their title is that runs your elections in your county. And I can say, look, this is what's going on. And I want to have a conversation with you about that. Put your efforts where you have the most control. Mm -hmm. So before we take the next one, I want to give a wonderful shout out to our awesome sponsors. You can find all of them listed at uh, prepping2-0.com. Click on friends and affiliates. And over there, you will find survival garden seeds. I will be putting seeds into dirt after the holidays and getting my spring garden going. It's not too early. It's not too early. Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine, Numana Foods, EMP Shield protects your home from CMEs, lightning strikes. EMPs. Exactly. Gibbs Arms, find them and see what they do to ARs. Oh my goodness. Podcast access, of course. Well, the other part of Dennis's question is another important topic, and you'll see a pattern. This keeps coming up in a lot of these predictions. So we'll give you our thoughts on it early. He says he's predicting Trump will be battling some of the blue states as they will attempt to keep him off the ballot. This will occur after the primary. So the topic of blue states trying to keep him off the ballot. Well, I don't know how you can do that. You can speak more to that than I can. Oh, there's a way. There is a way. But right now they're keeping him spun up pretty hard with their what we call lawfare where all of the legal every warfare warfare that they're just going to keep him spun up and busy and distracted with illegitimate or semi-legitimate or i don't know if there's any legitimate ones in there from the assessment i've seen on them he's making very small gains in all of these from what i can tell as well but it's taken all of his money it's taken all of his attention he hasn't been at any debates but he's up in the polls So we've seen this happen to other government officials where they spend an enormous amount of money and time just to get their reputation back and to get the lawsuits off their back. And by then, the issue's gone. You've lost everything when you've had to fight off this kind of lawfare. So we try not to get into legal details on this show because nobody, including me and I'm a lawyer, really cares about these things. Now, I care about it professionally. Well, I'm trying to keep it really general for that Well, no, but I want to go into the Mm -hmm. 14th Amendment stuff. So you might have heard about these attempts, and there have been some initial lawsuits to keep Trump off the ballot. And you may be wondering to yourself, well, how can they do that? What's going on? So a very quick explanation is 
The 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution was passed after the Civil War. There were a bunch of amendments passed. And this amendment says if you are an officer of the United States or a member of Congress, that key word is officer of the United States, that if you were involved in insurrection, which meant the Civil War, which meant I don't know, putting on an enemy uniform and declaring war on the United States. It's pretty overt so when you declare war on the United States. So you States. can see why the left is using that word in particular about January 6th. Exactly. That is why. And January 6th, we all know, and you guys know the details, was not an insurrection. If anything, it was a handful of people that did indeed break the law. The vast majority of people did not break the law. And they were and, angry. And, I and they it. were angry and all of that other stuff. We're not going to get into the January 6th stuff. Everybody listening already has an opinion on that. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that insurrection is a very high standard. Now, I mentioned the word officers, and this would be easier if you had the text of the amendment in front of you. Don't worry. You can still follow along without it. There's a very good legal argument that has been prevailing in courts, by the way, mm -hmm. even liberal courts, that the president is not a, quote, officer of the United States. That would be a general, an admiral, a postmaster general, a customs official. It's a variety of things. But I don't think the people who wrote the 14th Amendment ever thought that a guy running for president would be accused of being an insurrectionist. So, but anyway, I don't mean to bog down in the details. There are very good legal arguments that the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause does not apply to Donald Trump. I'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is uh, leftists in various blue states are bringing lawsuits against their state's secretary of state to try to keep who puts people on the ballot, try to keep Donald Trump off the ballot because he's supposedly an insurrectionist. Oh, by the way, he was impeached for being an insurrectionist. And impeachment means the House charges him and the Senate has to convict him. The Senate did not convict him of being an insurrectionist. So the one hearing, if you will, which was the impeachment trial, the one process, or if you're in Canada, process that has been applied to him has determined that he's not an insurrectionist. So you got that going against you, too, if you want to keep him off the ballot. My point is, even blue state court rulings have been that the 14th Amendment does not bar Donald Trump from being on the ballot. Now, those are being appealed to state Supreme Courts, and we'll see what happens there. I think that these state Supreme Courts, as leftist as they are, have to recognize that they, they don't want to be the ones in the history books that allowed somebody to be kicked off the federal ballot, because that is just a horrible, horrible outcome. And so don't be freaked out that that there have been lawsuits because it's so typical for our side because whenever there's a goofy lawsuit, it seems like it wins, right? They don't always win and you don't hear about the ones that lose. So um, don't be worried. I mean, it's something to be concerned. It's something to be watching. And also if one state uh, and Colorado is the recent one where it's heading to the Colorado Supreme Court, if Colorado doesn't put him on the ballot, these are blue states. He's not getting the electoral votes anyway. And don't forget, there's write in. You can write in and it never works. Right. Everybody thinks you can just write in stuff like it's a high school election or something like student body president. No, it doesn't actually work. It could in this case, you could have millions of people writing in Donald Trump on, say, a, a Colorado ballot. And so it still may not work. Now, the question would be, can the electors that are selected for Donald Trump actually vote for Donald Trump in the Electoral College if he has been deemed, you know, ineligible to hold the office, blah, blah, blah. We're getting into like crazy legal right. theories and ramifications and third and fourth order effects. But uh, let's just talk about the reaction. Let's say I'm wrong and, and I'm wrong a fair number well, but, well, of times. But I'm going to start here. But I will say this, but we've seen some pretty crazy things happen in the last three or oh, four yes. years. Oh, yes. So I, d it tells me. I'm that, not saying it can't happen. Right, I'm just saying it's not as simple. Right. It's not as awful as it appears. It may not be as awful as it right. appears. Right. And the left has point. done some pretty crazy things. So go yeah. ahead. Yep. But um, if, let's say, let's just play out the Colorado scenario that Colorado Supreme Court says Trump cannot be on the ballot, um, it is going to cause a lot of anger. And I don't know what form it takes. 
I, I hope it's peaceful. Um, I can tell you it would be the biggest political slap in the face in all of our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. It would be unbelievable. There are so many Americans out there, even ones that don't like Donald Trump, who would just say to themselves, I'm sorry, you can't do that. You cannot do this. Mm-hmm. To quote John McEnroe, the tennis star from the 70s, you cannot be serious. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Awesome. We've spent like the first half of our show just uh, talking I'm about one this. Question, I'm one question, and there are qu- 20. And there's 20, so we got a ways to go here. But you can see this is going to be the ongoing theme of people's predictions. So that, should t- that tells us that's what's on their mind. So Ray Jensen, we have a couple minutes to talk about Ray's question or observation here. He says politicians in our government will not survive if people start to figure out that they can live without them. So something will happen at that forces people to beg the government to be their savior provider. Glenn has some thoughts. Um, I, yes, uh, Ray, I agree with what you're saying. The problem is, and at first I misread your question. I thought you were saying that, you know, people will just figure out they don't need the government and then it'll be cool. That's not your point. Um, I think most people in this country are dependent and have to varying degrees entitlement mindsets. And I think that the system that government has created makes us Mm -hmm. dependent. Um, I can't, you know, I can't produce my own hydroelectric dam power. I need the, um, the federal energy department to, you know, make sure that there's electricity going to my utility and things like that. And so he says, so something will happen that forces people to beg the government to be their savior provider. I could see that happening. Um, I I think that's typically how bad things happen. There are big, huge disruptions and people beg for a solution and the solution comes with the string attached that you have no more liberty. We all know this is a common theme in world history. Um, I don't know that it necessarily happens in 2024. So this is another example. I know everybody's expecting Glenn and Shelby to say, yeah, there's going to be, you know, massive, Mm -hmm. massive violence and all this other stuff. Um, The more dramatic something is, the less likely it is to occur. And I keep that in mind because I try to be very clear eyed and very accurate on predictions because candidly a lot of you guys listen to what we have to say and I don't want to lead people astray I don't want them to be freaked out and I don't want them to not appreciate what we see to be the threat so we take this very seriously we're not just you know coming on here having a couple cocktails and saying yeah the country's going to burn down to the ground you betcha it is we're 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 responsible adults and we're not going to do It is Christmas that. season, but we have not had a cocktail today. I'll say no, that. no, but I will say this as we lead and I, and I want us to kind of um, hash out this question. We could start a new one after the break. Uh, I have always said this and I'll say it again. Remember your, you take better care of yourself yes. any day of the week and on Sunday than government will. So when you are ever wooed or, um, you know, at a, at your workplace or whatever. Hey, join this program. I, I immediately no, don't do it. You will take care of yourself better than government can, which is why those of us who are conservative are very much opposed to government takeovers of X Y Z programs, because that, that like I don't know, healthcare, airlines. Uh, transportation, things like that, because that immediately makes us dependent. So we're going to continue these thoughts. We're going to continue talking about these and uh, as we go into the break. So don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. 
EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glante here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. New mana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One Water Filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One Water Filter Gravity Systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E. USA.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, Make solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for rejoining us. We're just getting started with Patreon's predictions for 2024. And literally, we're just getting started because we've only gotten through two of them. Yeah, out of 20. But here's the dealio. For even more, stick around for the after show if you're a Patreon supporter. And it's a good incentive to join us there on Patreon. A recent episode, number 264, was a rebroadcast of episode 92, which was from 2020, and it was on water preps. In episode 92 slash 264, we mentioned an outline that we had for the show that had great information on water preps. A lot of you asked for it, and to be honest, it's kind of an awesome document. Well, we posted that outline online. We posted it for Patreons. We wish we would have known about Pro One water filters when we recorded episode 92 because we definitely would have talked about their very affordable water treatment programs and products in that episode. This is the importance of water, and we say it over and over again. We cannot possibly repeat it too much. It's that important. Lots of people will die needlessly in a serious disruption because they don't have drinkable water. Prepare accordingly. Go to prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates page, click on Pro One and see all the great discounts we have for you. Archive Dive, this is where we go back and we look at older episodes. And this one is a great example of why we do Archive Dive. Episode 102, which aired September 2020, was on vacuum sealing. Here's why I say it's a great example of why we do Archive Dive. It was a great episode that I totally forgot about. I need to remind myself via the Archive Dive process, or if you're in Canada, process, I need to remind myself about some of these great episodes we've done. And I don't mean great episodes like, hey, we're super cool. I mean, 
really good topics, meaty topics with really good information. Yes. Vacuum sealing is so critical for your food preps. You might be hearing more about that in a couple months. Well, and also, too, I want to encourage you to listen to that show because right now, this time of year, when it seems like every appliance is on sale because of the holidays, mm-hmm. you can get vacuum sealing machines for super cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great stuff. So many good topics that even we forget about them. Yep. And that's weird, but it's true. I want to resume the discussion now. We're going to go to a prediction by Joe McDonald. And he says, remember the color revolution of 2020 over St. Floyd? The left has had four years to practice since then. 2024 is going to make 2020 look like child's play when it comes to rioting and political violence. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I kind of want to jump into the next observation because it piggybacks on it really well. They pair well together. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Let's so, let's combine them. Yes. Yeah, pair so, them, as you yeah. say. Ben Wheeler says, look for a certain section of America to march slash riot against our ally in the Middle East. Inflation is going to get ugly because the Fed is printing money to pay the old debt. The federal government is going to send billions overseas for the proxy wars. Immigration is going to continue to be a blank reality show. So let's go back to the rioting thing. You know, you learn from your history in 2020 what definitely helped, I think, maybe, or at least distracted a good portion of America during the summer of 2020 was the George Floyd riots Mm -hmm. that spread across the United States into blue cities. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of rioting in rural Indiana. No, no, you didn't. And I do believe that that's coming. I think this is my prediction. And I think these two gentlemen hit on it. I think what's happening right now on our college campuses with the pro-Palestine. Pro-Hamas. Pro-Hamas. Because, Mm -hmm. right. Listen to Dana Lesh if you want to hear how she's like, Palestine is not a country. I'm not going to recognize it. It's a pro-Hamas riots. I think we're just seeing the beginnings of that. I think as we get into summer, those are going to reach a fever pitch. That's my prediction. And Ben Wheeler, who I have a lot of respect for, I disagree with you slightly, not about there being riots about the Middle East and and college campuses rioting in favor of Hamas. I don't think that's going to be the igniting factor. I don't think it's going to be the impetus. I think it's going to be much like 2020, a police shooting. They happen fairly frequently, justified or not. They do happen fairly frequently. And I completely agree 2024 is going to make 2020 look like child's play. The left has their playbook down. They got what they wanted. They know how to do this. There are millions and millions of Americans, primarily in blue cities, who are brainwashed and are going to go for this again. Don't forget a large motive, in my opinion, a large motive for these George Floyd things were to go steal stuff. And yes. to, hey, have you ever wanted to burn down a building? Yeah, I don't know. Let's try it out. Okay. And let you go down and you burn a building. So I don't think you need like some grand political reason to do it. All you need to know is that the cops can't do anything about exactly. it. And that's what it takes. And I think the left is going to do that. And 2024 is going to be worse than 2020. So let's add to this. And this is where Glenn and I get really good at our predictive powers. Oh, really? Here we go. You're ready. Okay, I'm ready. This is news to you. I predict that I will be impressed. Okay, so 2020 and this person, let's see, it was Joe that mentioned it was a color revolution. It was, those were fomented racial wars. I, I need to, when he says color revolution, he doesn't mean color in the racial sense. No. Color is a phrase, it refers to the Orange Revolution in Ukraine in 2014. Mm -hmm. It refers to the various colors of flags in the Arab world in the spring of 2014. Color revolution does not mean racial stuff. So let's get that out of the way. I don't want anyone thinking that's what we're saying, because we're not. Well, There's a racial component. There's a racial component. But it is not a racial revolution. Gosh, no, no, no. So there was definitely a racial component to the George Floyd riots of 2020. Right now, what we're seeing on our college campuses has a racial component. Yeah, anti-Semitism. What what does the left do really well? Foment racial divisions. They divide people because that's how they get power. So that's your recipe for their summer. Mm -hmm. There you go. Those components that they leverage really well. So let's go on. Yes. So let me just talk about Glenn Wheeler. Yes, they're going to continue to print money and the inflation is going to continue. But I don't see people rioting over inflation because people in this country, and I'm speaking in very general terms, have enough 
it's very rare for people to not have enough. I know that there's poverty and it has a variety of causes and we could talk for days about that. But gas being expensive, we have no evidence of this because we have no history. How many times, look back at the summer of 2022, a year ago, when the official inflation rate was over 9%. So the real inflation rate was about 18%. And there was an election and Republicans didn't do well. So if inflation was going to be this massive change agent, it had a chance to do that in 2022 and it didn't. Well, I agree with you there, but I will disagree with you partially. It's because the current administration spun the numbers and handed through their media, Pravda, kind of a not truthful sandwich, right? Mm. Yeah, so, that's and, very, there's a very delicate yes, way to put not it, truthful, a not truthful yes, sandwich. So, and you know, those of us who work jobs and don't pay attention didn't get it, didn't get the gaslighting that happened in that. So just know that. That I absolutely agree with. These things are going to continue. Right now, inflation is hurting American household income. Seven to $9,000 have been eaten out of their income annually that they can't handle. People are using their credit cards at crazy numbers because they can't afford to pay for their bills. Go, Glenn. And everybody knows it. Right, everybody know that. that goes to the grocery store knows it. There's nobody in America that says, oh, stuff costs more. I never realized that. Yeah, that every, just is we all not know happening. It, and our government officials are doing zero about it. And so we can't do anything but about it. What we're right? not doing is burning down cities because of the price of yeah. gas. And I don't see that happen. Now, there are a lot of contributing factors. People are very discontent. I'm oh, not yeah. saying inflation has no impact. It is probably the number one issue politically. And so it's going to have effects. But I think the effects that inflation has are going to be played out in normal, peaceful ways like elections, which is how we want things to play out. And these are all things that I'm curious to see when we get closer to primaries and we actually see some people standing on stages defending issues. I want to see how those get played out, but you need to pay attention to these. Same with the border. The border, gosh, we could go on for a mm-hmm. whole show on that, but let's go to the next person. Yeah, Kelly says, I predict more inflation, more war, a highly controversial and stolen election, people behaving badly everywhere. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord and do what we always do, work and practice what we preach, upping my skills and organization, looking for something big climate-related great comments. Let's take these. We've already talked about inflation, more war. I think that is probably going Mm -hmm. to happen. Highly controversial and stolen election. We covered that too. People behaving badly everywhere. I love how you put that. That is a great way to not hype what's going on. But here's the point of Kelly's prediction. And here's what I want to talk about. Kelly, he or she, don't know, says that they're going to serve the Lord and do what they always do, which is work hard and practice what they preach, upping skills and organizations. So indirectly, Kelly has hit on an important topic, and that is in 2024, preppers are going to up their game. They're going to do more and more, and they're going to be better off than other people because the general conditions will deteriorate and they can be indirect deteriorations like inflation and wars and stuff like that. But Prepping is going to pay even more dividends Mm -hmm. as we go into 2024. So that's great for preppers. That's why you're listening. It's also going to show non-preppers that those prepper people aren't crazy because they have toilet paper and I don't. And so it Mm -hmm. will accelerate the trend we see. I did a whole show on KHNC, which is a Colorado radio station. I'm on most Fridays when I don't have to do law work. And we did an entire hour-long episode on the growing acceptance of prepping. And I made some of these same points, and some callers called in, and they agreed. And so uh, if the prediction from Kelly is in 2024, their prepping is getting upped, and they're going to be better off, 100% agree. Let me just add a little thought I had to that, too. And I want to go on to something that she said, too. So. We assume Kelly's female. Yeah, I'm assuming. I apologize if I'm incorrect. No preferred pronouns were provided. You don't hear preppers being called names anymore. No. No. Yeah. I've not heard the phrase doomsday prepper in a number of years. Those hoarders who are taking all the eggs. Mm -hmm. You don't hear that anymore. By the way, when you're a leftist idiot and you post online about hoarders, would you please spell hoarders correctly? Well, that and number two, know your base. Mm -hmm. The majority of Americans right now 
prep on some level or another. And it may be very superficial, but people don't think everything is awesome. And to expect people to do their grocery shopping and feeding their family in 2017 ways where you, oh, we're just going to stop at the store and pick up a little something for dinner. That doesn't work anymore financially. Mm-mm. So there's that. So one thing she said segues right into the next person. Mm-hmm. Kelly said, looking for something big climate related as well. Well, let's go into mm-hmm. what Angela says. She's got a little bit long here, but that's okay. We'll break it up. I've been seeing more and more items giving me hope that the electric car movement has already reached its pinnacle and foresee car makers, strong arming policymakers to take the opportunity to do a 180 on their plans for compliance by 2030. Amen, sister. Regardless of which side of the aisle they align with, electric cars won't go away, but they will nestle themselves into the niche and novelty automobile they should have always been. And this is not to say... Other green vehicles won't emerge, but policymakers will be more considerate and constructive when it comes to the long-term rollouts and transitions. Can I continue, or do you want to jump I want to do these one at a time. There's so much good meaty stuff here. Angela, I believe you're correct. We have seen the high watermark of electric vehicles, and I have a letter and two numbers that will illustrate my point about this electric car thing peaking and eventually not being a big deal except for niche stuff. E. 85. Remember about 2010 when ethanol, 85% ethanol stuff, which was called E85, all these vehicles were being made for E85. And I guess they can accept other gasolines, but it was going to save the planet by having all this corn that we could be selling to other countries and feeding people. We were going to put in our gas tanks to feel better about ourselves. So E85, do you remember those? Remember the gas stations? It would have like the E85 blend. It would have the price up. Good luck finding a gas station that sells E85 anymore. And I think the same thing's going to happen with electric cars. They're great. If you want to have an electric car, cool. Let me tell you what doesn't work in Montana. Electric cars. I am not kidding. Shelby, you're on the spot. Tell me if I'm kidding or not. When somebody says, when somebody says, you haven't even heard what I'm going to say. I think I know. Okay. When somebody says, hey, let's go to Billings. Let's go do something. And it's six hours away. And people in Montana are like, Oh, okay. It's like going to the grocery store six hours away. There are no charging stations between where we are and Billings. Maybe there are, never seen them. It just doesn't work here. And oh, by the way, when it's 20 below zero, that's not real good for batteries. So two things. I appreciate, and what Angela is talking about, if you've watched kind of below the fold news, there's CEOs of yep. car companies, there's movers and shakers in the car industry that are basically the saying- The UAW, the United Auto Workers, coming, one of their big things with the strike was, you're killing us because you're cutting jobs by having us right. build electric nonsense. Right. And they're not selling anymore because mm-hmm. people are realizing what you just said. I want to get onto that. But you have car makers saying to the federal government, your mandates, pound sand. Mm-hmm. We're done. We're not investing more money. We're not putting more money after bad money into this electric car program because one, they're not what you want them to be. And two, people buy them. And what you just said, everything in Montana is an hour away. Yeah. And there's no charging stations. And when you do, wherever you live, stop and charge. It's an overnight stay mm-hmm. to charge your vehicle. If you can stop. It's and, not always true, but it's, it's, it's largely true. A gap of time. Yes. That you have to stop. You're going to be sitting out in the middle of who knows where if you find a charging station at 20 below zero here in Montana or other places. Or And the stories of this came out a lot last summer. What it takes to replace and repair a battery. Yeah. A lot of child slave labor in Africa to mine for rare earth minerals. And then you have to put them in a landfill. And then, so, but there's some headlines out there about 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars yeah. to replace the battery battery in one of these bad boys and the car itself was already extremely expensive these do not pencil out in these times and as far as it going out as a trend and we should move on to the next topic i just looked at the clock as far as this trend petering out i think that there are a limited number of people in the country that want and can afford an electric vehicle and they live primarily in blue cities and they have already bought an electric vehicle And there isn't anyone else that wants an electric vehicle. You've already saturated the market of people that can do this and want this. Okay, can afford it. Let's go on to the next point. Yes, go for it. The other comment is, I've also been watching the increased attention given by parents to school board issues, and I foresee a significant struggle in our national education system for the next 
decade at least. I think that's a good observation. Yes. I'm not sure that it's a prediction about 2024. So no, I don't I, think there I, will be riots because no. of school board stuff. So I kind of want to. But I will say one quick comment. Thank you, COVID, for what COVID did is made all these kids come home. Parents had to sit down and do school with their kids and parents figured out what their kids are being taught. Said no way. And said no way. Thank you. So we can thank COVID for that. So what's the next one? Angela, continuing with hers, it's just Angela AM7. So give her proper profile name credit. Her last point is, what I'd like to predict is that the U.S. gets a grip on the correlations and associations between mental illness and homelessness in order to actually start making positive strides in both issues. Whether that actually reaches into the recreational drug realm or not, I am not certain, but I would hope. Once we've had a few years under our belts to observe the behaviors and outcomes of the portions of society where these issues converge, maybe there are some state law repeals in our future. Again, Angela, interesting observation. Mm -hmm. Don't see it as a 2024 prediction. So here's one of those things where so many things get solved when you button up our border. Mm -hmm. The drug trade Fentanyl. right now that feeds that homeless mental illness, that feeds all of that get solved real quick. And we saw that in the final years of President Trump's presidency, when the fentanyl trade came to a screeching halt for a short time, sadly, we weren't mm -hmm. able to really see the long-term effects of that. But that's a great point. If we were to button up the border, that's solved. Let's go on to the next one. Go. Yeah. Larry says, I predict they will pick an issue to polarize people over and run it into the ground, probably Hamas and terror versus Israel. I also think we are headed for a major spike in unemployment and continued inflation. Keep growing your food, trade networks, and skills. Great, Larry. I think the left is all about polarizing people. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's going to be the Hamas versus Israel thing. And the reason I say that is, yes, it is a divisive issue. But I think the Democrats, and we're recording this in early December of 2023, the Democrats got a little bit of blowback they weren't expecting. There are some Democrats that are criticizing Hamas. There are rich Democrat donors to universities that are pulling back multi-million dollar grants. I think this is so fun to watch. I think it's fabulous. And so I don't know that that's going to be the thing because I think it polarizes and divides Democrats. And so it's not going to be the beautiful wedge issue they think it's going to be. I'm so okay with that. Here's yeah. what's really interesting that's happened. After the October 7th attacks, a lot of Jewish people became yeah. conservative. Yeah. And welcome. Like overnight. Like, yeah. Welcome, welcome aboard. Welcome. We welcome you to the conservative side. And it opened their eyes. And what you just described started happening. All of a sudden, billions, well, millions of dollars in donors. Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions of donations to these big Ivy League, you know, swanky schools suddenly gets pulled back because of what's happening on our college campuses. I think that's going to be the polarization you're going to see. I also think you're going to see some disagreements amongst the Democrat Party. I hate to make it politics, but it is. You have people like Schumer, who's a Democrat in New York. Guess what his base is? Yeah. Jewish people. Yeah. And you're going to see battles within the Democrat Party. And I'm going to sit back and go. Pop some popcorn, baby. Let's watch. The, let's wa enjoy. Let's, exactly. Yeah. Another thing Larry said is, and this deserves some thought. Yes. He says a major spike in unemployment and continued inflation. Entirely possible. I continue to marvel at how the U.S. economy can do relatively well. I'm not saying very well and not even saying <laughs> positive, but it's not as awful as it seems like it should be. It is more durable than I thought. Thank you. That is the perfect word. It is more durable, entirely possible, unemployment and continued inflation. And of course, the solution, because Larry isn't just throwing out problems. He's given us a solution. He says, keep growing your food, trade networks and skills. Yes, yes, and yes. So now we have what is kind of a phonetic thing for red hoodlum. And why don't you go ahead and read that? Sure. He or she says, I'm seeing a possible 2020 rematch, hoping for a Ramaswamy race, lots of civil unrest and the possibility of World War Three and occurring due to Iran coming into play with Israel and Hamas around the same time as a possible civil war 2.0 due to the third election cycle of voting errors. Oh my gosh, go Glenn. Wow. This is a pretty dire prediction. I guess it's possible. We're not going to say it isn't. One of the things about prepping is rational preppers do not prep for just one scenario. It's not that we've got our anti-meteor strike preps that don't work for other stuff. So there's that 2020 rematch. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think I mean, it's going to be a Biden-Trump 
Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to be Biden just because the Democrats know how absolutely horribly weak the guy is. And his poll numbers are incredibly low. And his poll numbers with various minority groups are awful. And mathematically speaking, the Democrats cannot win with Biden in his current state. I don't know what they do about it. The flip side to that thing about, oh, it couldn't be Biden because it doesn't make any sense is that the left has this amazing ability to do what they're told. And if they're told that it's Biden, I'm not sure that they will be told that, but I'm just saying that if the decision is made that it's going to be Biden, by cracky, it's going to be... You are going to dance around You that. are going to love Biden, leftists. And you are going to stand in front of every podium you can, and you are going to just... You're going to... You're going to talk that up until you can't talk anymore, yep. You're going to fritter away any credibility you have with anybody in the room by saying Bidenomics is And then is you working. have to go back to your district and uh, explain <laughs> that. Exactly. Good luck. Again, pop popcorn. There's going to be some very entertaining politics. Yes, um, but here's a not pop popcorn topic, and that is lots of civil unrest, possibly World War III involved. Iran, it's entirely possible. Obviously, World War III, we don't talk about that very much, but it would obviously create massive disruptions. And it's not just because there would be a thousand nuclear warheads that are exchanged. That would obviously be quite a disruption. I don't know that humanity ever comes back from that, to be quite honest. But even a conventional World War III, so like U.S. artillery versus Russian artillery, even if it doesn't go nuclear, the economic ramifications would be massive. The entire global financial system would grind to a halt. And so when people say, oh, there could be World War III, don't just assume they're talking about 17 nuclear warheads going off in Chicago. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's possible. But anyway, so we have like a minute to wrap up here. I do think. But then we do the after show. Exactly. We're going to keep going. Also to think about this. We have an open border and we have the unrest that he's talking about. It is documented. We have bad actors. Yes. That's a nice way to say it. Coming across our border. A small percentage of them are bad actors. And some of those bad actors have promised to do an October 7th Mm -hmm. on American soil. So we all need to be prepared for that for sure. So we have some final thoughts. Go for it, Glenn. So overall, I don't have any specific predictions Mm -hmm. because they're too hard to do. And I take my credibility seriously. I think that there will be disruptions, 2020 rioting style disruptions I see happening in 2024. I see there being lots of roller coasters, lots of political intrigue. Mm -hmm. I see this being a bumpy ride. I do not see this being the end of the world. I will say that if for some reason the Democrats win in 2024, I think the United States of America has some extremely bleak times ahead of it. And I don't know that we come out of it looking anything like we currently mm-hmm. are. I so think the Republic is at stake mm-hmm. for sure. Gosh, on that happy <laughs> note, that's all we have for the regular show. But there's more in the after show, including Glenn's prediction about what everyone will be talking about in February 2024. Mm-hmm. Hmm, little teaser there. So, folks, from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.